place it comfortably. So good evening, everyone. To give a name to this talk, um, the transformation of energy, and where I got the idea from this talk from. Um, early this year, I, Diana and I became interested in rereading the works of Aldous Huxley, um, some very interesting books. And then through that, we discovered that um, Aldous Huxley's wife, um, Laura Huxley, um, was a very interesting woman who um, also wrote a few books. And apart from being a, a musician, um, she was also a, a psychotherapist. And she wrote a book, which was a bestseller, which was called You Are Not the Target. Uh -huh. um, and this was written back in the 1960s, I think. But it's a, it's a title which would be very, very relevant today in terms of how people seem to um, more and more be drawn towards thinking that they're the victim in life. And she's emphasising in the book that sometimes we may be the, uh, consciously the, the target of someone trying to attack us. But a lot of, lot of things that happen in life, it's just random, you know, and you happen to um, get an emotional explosion from someone who's had a bad day. You know, but you just happen and they honk their horn at you or they abuse you or whatever or give you a, a free character assessment because of something that's <laughs> going on in their life and you happen to be the one you know, that they've bumped into in the street. But we can so very easily um, personalise these things. But she's looking at um, it's looking from more of a Dharma perspective in the sense. So I've been reading, I haven't finished reading all of her book, but I've read a lot of it. And a lot of it really resonates with Zen practice. And if you go back to the wording in um, uh, the Heart Sutra, you know, in the English version that we did tonight, the key words in the beginning is that it's transforming all suffering distress. Transforming is a word which is um, quite consciously, intentionally chosen because you don't change, it's not like you change the bad into good or anything like that or and all, all the bad goes away. It's the same you, it's the same experience, the same energy which is transformed into something else. So all of Dharma practice, you could, to use basic Buddhist terms, for instance, is that we're, we're, we're caught in grasping an aversion and apathy and we struggle with that and all of the kind of problems it creates for ourselves and other people. And through practice, that same energy gets transformed into um, generosity and patience, you know, love, compassion, um, empathic joy for others. And that's, that's the transformation of energy that occurs. And it's not even that the, the grasping or the aversion or the apathy just sort of dissolves. I mean, I've been practicing for 40 years and I can put my hand up that I still experience all those things. They just don't seem to be as intense as what they used to be. You know, and it's like you, you catch it. Like if you catch yourself getting angry at something, it's like you catch it and then you, you, you use that energy in a way which you think is constructive rather than destructive. But there's some lovely words that um, Laura begins her book with, which I want to share with you. 
which are really, really relevant to practice. He says, at one time or another, the more fortunate among us make three startling discoveries. Discovery number one, each one of us has in varying degree, the power to make others feel better or worse. Discovery number two, making others feel better is much more fun than making them feel worse. And discovery number three is making others feel better generally makes us feel better. Mm-hmm. It's so true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we really see that, when we really see that the power of our words and our actions have on other people, at some point, if, we, if we're practising, we make a choice. We go, well, I want to make other people feel better about themselves. I want to have empathic joy. I want to have compassion. I want to have love, respect for the dignity of others. There's actually a, a choice. It's not just an insight, but a choice actually happens. Is that this is what I aspire to. Right? And, and they don't just be, it's not just empty words. Like we, can read, we can read a sutra like um, purification, do you know, about committing to not, not harming others. Um, and we may do it just kind of rote. We get used to it out of habit doing it. But some point along the line in, in the life of practice, you go, one, one day you go, maybe something difficult happened in your life, do you know, and you go, yeah, that sutra. I've really got to, I've really got to personalise that. You know, I've really got to take it seriously. And every time I repeat the vow, it's like I'm really, I really mean it each time I do it. There's, it requires a, a decision-making process and a commitment to actually for that, for that energy to transform. And all life is about transforming energy. Like we, we, we eat food, which has got energy in it, and it makes bones and... Um, you know, various chemicals in our body and um, produces hormones and organs and so on. And, and so that, that um, food gets transformed into human energy and then into act, activation, activities that we do. With our, with our intellect, you know, we get um, energy in the form of information, you know, and we sort it out and we come up with theories and ideas and we make things. Right, that's a transformation. And it also is, happens with our emotions. We've all got emotions hardwired into us, particularly like survival emotions like um, fear and anger and so on, but also love and joy and all of those emotions. And they're, they're wired into us. They're a form of energy. And a lot of our practice is about taking that energy and transforming it into something that's no longer destructive, but constructive, right? Like an example would be um, taking anger and instead of it becoming a kind of energy where you attack people back or you abuse them or you ignore them or you don't cooperate or whatever, you transform it into assertiveness, you know, where you speak calmly but clearly with a constructive outcome in mind that's good for you and other people. That's an example of it. Or other emotions like the emotion of um, shame or guilt, it can be a very um, disempowering kind of toxic emotion, you know, that gives 
feeds an inner critic that's not very good. But even, even that you can transform into the experience of remorse. You know, with remorse is a kind of realising you've made a mistake and you've hurt someone and you go, oh my God, you know, and there's a sense of um, uh, not being happy with your actions, feeling like you could do better and need to make amends, apologise, commit to not doing it again. And that's a very healthy thing to do. So even, even emotion like shame can be transformed. Take love too. You know, we, we all may, in a sense, you know, to be egocentric or self-centred means we have a certain love for ourselves. <laughs> um, how can we, the love that we have for ourselves, how can we transform that into a love for, of others, you know, and a love of everything, you know, that's not me? It's the beginning. You can be kind, you can practice being kind to yourself, but then it, it bubbles over into being kind to other people as well. So um, all of these things take a, a kind of commitment to, to work into. And uh, uh, it come, I, I guess it comes in its own sweet time, really. Usually for all of us, me included, um, usually what brought us to practice in the first place was something went wrong in our life. <laughs> um, like your girlfriend left you. You know, or, or you lost your job, you know, or, or your friendship broke up, or you lost a lot of money, whatever. Something, it's usually some kind of suffering comes to us and wakes us up in some way. And then we really start to, to examine what we're doing. So what Laura also talks about, um, coming back to this theme of you're not the target, you know, but sort of, other people's negative energy can impact you on one way or another. And the way that she suggests that we work with it is really compatible with Zen practice. Um, one, say someone, someone blows up you know, and, and accuses you of something, maybe you've done or you haven't done, and so they're, they're, they're angry at you, you know, and you feel their anger, and you're as Laura says, and the same principle in Zen, first you sit with acknowledging the anger, the fact that you're angry and upset. It's like you fully are there experiencing it, not trying to pretend that it's not so bad, you know, whatever. You've, you're willing to fully experience it and you, it's like catching it. It's like someone throwing a ball at you and you catch the ball. It's like whenever it happens, you're ready to just catch the ball. Mm -hmm. And to do that and then to come up with, use that energy in a, in a constructive way, like, for instance, not just reacting angrily back to someone, it requires what I was referring to in my few words in the first session, stop. So pause or stop, whichever word works for you. But it's like you get you fight, flight, reaction, you know, fear, anger, you're all emotional and hot up. And the first thing you've got to go is stop. It's there. We've got to fully acknowledge that it's that you that you become inflamed. Your emotions are becoming inflamed. But that stopping 
is the key to, to the transformation occurring. If you just react, knee-jerk reaction back out again, you're just caught up in the whole karmic mess of stuff. And that's why the, the, the word sati in Buddhism is such an important word. It's the, it's the process of meditation. Mind wants to wander off, stop, bring it back. Fantasy, stop, bring it back. It, when, we, when we turn up to meditate, that's what we're doing over and over and over and over again. Not to suppress ourselves, but just to stop that knee-jerk reaction of the mind wandering off. And as we train our mind to do that, then we're ready to catch the ball of anger or unpleasantness as it occurs in the moment out there and pause, stop, and then it gives a chance for something intuitively usually to come forward, you know, that transforms the situation. So good book, good good Dharma book. She puts it in terms of different recipes. Each chapter is a, a recipe of how you can practice with this. And it reminds me of the... Um, the Tonglen practice in Tibetan Buddhism where they have these various little aphorisms um, for you to work with. Okay, Um, transformation of energy. Everyone, including me, will go away and work on it. (laughs) 